welcome to Bad Movie Sunday. I'm Ashley. I'm Amy. If you are new to Bad Movie Sunday, we are a podcast that watches bad movies, so you don't have to. We roast them. We toast them. And we're going to have a lot of fun. And we hope you guys had a lot of fun yesterday, because it was Halloween. We hope you watched some spooky movies. We hope you enjoyed uh, some of our spooky episodes that we put out over uh, the course of October. Sadly, spooky season is over. Uh, we've gone through all the spooky movies. It's now November. Um, psych! <laughs> we got another spooky movie for you guys. Today we got the spooky Paul Rudd movie. This is like two things that we love, spooky and Paul Rudd. We've got Over Her Dead Body. Oh, little spooky, also a little bit of romance, because it's not 100% spooky. We thought Halloween is over, but everyone's still kind of in the spooky spirit. So we got a little bit of a, a, sp- a spooky a spooky romance. Is that a genre? Uh, it is now. Actually, you know what? I was thinking about other spooky ghost movies, and there are a lot of them. We've got this one, of course, Over Her Dead Body, but we've got like classics like Ghost, that one with uh, Mark Ruffalo, or as my dad would say, Mark Ruffalo, um, yeah. just like heaven. A <laughs> lot of, of spooky movies in this subgenre, so I'm excited. Okay, well, if you were a fan of this very particular subgenre of spooky slash romance movies, we've got a little bit of a doozy for you today. As Amy mentioned... It's called, or if you saw the title, I guess, (laughs) Over Her Dead Body. The reason we picked it was specifically because we love Paul Rudd and we'll support anything that he's in. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of all the reason you need, to be honest. And we gotta, like, ease the people into November. We can't just go from two spooky episodes a month to zero. We've gotta, you know, let the people have a little bit of spooky. Yeah, it it gotta... Sprinkle it out of their lives. That's a saying now. Sprinkle it out of their lives, yes. (laughs) Okay. So, if you guys have never heard of the classic Over Her Dead Body, I have a little summary here, and it says, A ghost tries to sabotage her former boyfriend's current relationship with a psychic. A lot of spooky things going on there. We got ghosts. We got ex-relationships um we got psychics everything you and paul rudd so we got paul rudd we got the girl from one of our favorite movies man up uh lake bell she's an amazing actress that's where i know her from yeah and we got eva longoria uh we got jason biggs from american pie fame all together in one spooky movie and to get you to enjoy this movie a little more if that's not really your thing we have as usual a little bit of a drinking game for you that you can drink along to either to the movie if you plan to watch that or to our podcast you can come back and listen to our thoughts amy i believe you have a specialty drink prepared that the people can make if they choose to participate in the drinking game of course we got a drink as always today's drink is the gateway to heaven because this movie's about ghosts, it's about, you know, final wishes before a, a, a ghost can move on. Uh, the Gateway to Heaven is an easy drink to make. All you're going to need 
is one ounce of pineapple rum, one ounce of sweet and sour mix, half an ounce of peach schnapps, one and a half ounces of hypnotique, <laughs> one ounce <laughs> of island punch pucker, uh, lemon lime soda, and for the rim of the glass, you're going to need blue sugar. And for the garnish, you need an orange wheel and a cherry. So what you have to do is rim the edge of your glass with blue sugar. You set that aside for now. In a shaking glass with ice, combine the pineapple rum, hypnotique, uh, peach schnapps, island punch pucker, and sweet and sour mix. Shake well. Uh, strain into a rimmed glass over ice and top with lemon-lime soda. And then you garnish with uh, your orange slice and cherry. Mmm. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> that sounds so good. And to go along with that, as we said, we got a drinking game for you guys always pulled through. We have a couple points that we're going to go back and forth on right now. And you guys can pick your favorites um, and drink along to them. So the first point that I have is every time Kate imitates the sound of something or someone, Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, I have every time uh, Kate, the ghost, pranks the psychic girl. Okay, good. I have every time Paul Rudd treats an animal, because he's a vet. Ooh, that's cute. Okay, I have every time Jason Biggs injures himself. Was Jason Biggs the assistant guy? Yeah, the the best friend of the psychic girl. Okay, um, I have a, my last one is very similar to that every time he, like, screws up whatever he's cooking. <laughs> okay, that was one of my points. Uh, my last point is every time the psychic talks to a ghost. Very, very fitting. <laughs> uh, those were all our points. You can pick your favorites, drink along to either the movie or to our podcast, as we already said. Right now, we're going to get into the movie scene by scene, let you know what happened Break it down in depth, so if you don't want to be spoiled for anything, you can go away, watch the movie. <laughs> you can, you can, you can go away. We don't want you here. No, you can uh, watch the movie in your own time. Come back and listen to our thoughts on it. Otherwise, we're gonna get into it right now. So this movie starts off with a, a wedding, a beautiful wedding between Paul Rudd and his girlfriend or fiance, um, and she's kind of like. A little neurotic, <laughs> kind of a perfectionist, very uptight. She's, like, freaking out, trying to make sure that everything is perfect uh, at her wedding. And she ends up getting in an argument with this ice sculptor, and he ends up accidentally dumping the ice sculpture on her and crushing her to death. <laughs> so she dies. And this is all in, like, the first five minutes of the movie. And also, just to go back to what you were saying about her being kind of neurotic, um, it's so weird that she's so much of a perfectionist with everything else, but, like, she lets Paul Rudd see her before the wedding. Like, isn't that some kind of uh, a tradition not to see the bride before the ceremony? Oh, yeah, girl, that's true. She's very specific about the things um, that she lets happen. Maybe that's why she dies. She let him see her. Oh, it's like the the bride's curse. <gasps> Is that why you're not allowed to let your husband look at you before the wedding? Because you'll get crushed to death. Yeah, by an ice sculpture. <laughs> oh, God. That's, um, that's very good to know. For all you to-be brides out there. <laughs> 
this is a very serious curse. Also, can I just mention that the ice sculpture she gets crushed by is like, for some reason, a sculpture of an angel? Like, why? First of all, why do you have an ice sculpture at your wedding? But second of all, wouldn't it be better to have like, a cute little bride and groom or like, you know? Yeah, that's, that's really true. First of all, it's an outdoor summer wedding, so I don't know about the whole ice sculpture thing. I think that would uh, cause more anxiety than I would like on my wedding day. Also, yeah, like the whole argument that she's in with this ice sculptor is because she's like, I wanted an angel. This is just a random naked chick. And he's like, um, I don't know what she's talking about. This is an angel. And she's like, angels have wings, bitch. Which, um, I... Uh, neither Amy nor I are particularly religious, but I would have to agree that if you want something to look like an angel and be like, oh yeah, that's an ice sculpture of an angel, I would say that she was right in this instance, that it does need wings, otherwise it just looks like a random melting naked chick. (laughs) Yeah, why is this, first of all, why is this angel naked? (laughs) Don't angels have, like, clothes? Am I... Am I wrong? Don't they have, like, togas or something? I don't know. Oh, girl, everyone knows it's a free-for-all up in heaven. It's, you know, <laughs> free free everything movements up there. <laughs> free the nips, free the puss, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We cannot have no uh, earthly restrictions as spirits. <laughs> Please write that on my uh, gravestone when I die. (laughs) Honestly, though, that would be, like, such... Can you imagine, like, if ghosts were real and whatever, and you, like, end up becoming, like, an angel, and you're just, like, naked for all the time? That's, like... Okay, I've seen this written, like, all over Twitter and Tumblr and stuff, but I relate to it so much. (laughs) One of my biggest fears about dying, right, is, like, first of all, just dying. (laughs) Terrifying. But can you imagine... Like, slipping in the shower, for example, and uh just, like, hitting your head or whatever and dying in the shower. And then your family got to find you naked. That is horrifying. That's what I feel like naked angels would feel like for eternity. And I don't know, that's not the kind of life I want to live. And there aren't no, like, angel shops in heaven, right? You can't just buy some new clothes. Can you? Because she, like, Um, is wearing her wedding dress the whole damn time. Okay, here's the thing that (laughs) we're going off on a little bit of a tangent here. But here's what kind of, uh, I don't know, bothered me at first, but the rest of the time I was just confused, was that she wasn't wearing her wedding dress when she died. She was wearing, like, this pretty little uh, sunflower yellow garden dress or whatever. And then for the rest of the movie, when she's a ghost, she's wearing, like, this white wedding dress. Um, and I assumed, like, oh, she's just wearing a white dress because she's a ghost, and maybe that's a ghost thing that they, like, eternally need to wear white, which, like, mm, for my thighs, <laughs> don't know if that's gonna work, you know? <laughs> Wait a second. Okay, no, you're right about the yellow dress. Also, there's this part where Paul Rudd comes in and sees her before the wedding, and he's like, uh, what are you doing, like, ordering the caterers around still? The wedding's in ten minutes. Like, is this girl going to get into her full wedding ensemble in ten minutes? Paul Rudd, too. Wasn't he wearing, like, like what fucking uh, Justin Timberlake would wear to, like, the, the MMAs in, like, the 2001? <laughs> like, just jeans and a, like, 
open dress shirt. All denim, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, that Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, he was definitely not in, um, maybe as, like, a guest to a wedding if you're, like, really pushing it, but not groom-style dress. Yeah, I mean, maybe I get why she was so neurotic if her wedding was going to start in 10 minutes and neither of them were dressed. The whole venue was not set up. They didn't have any of the ice sculptures that they had wanted. And also, like, no one was there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a pretty shit wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Also, just to go back to what you were saying, I saw this Twitter post the other day and it was like, if you die on your period, right, and you got a tampon in, who's going to take the tampon out? Is it the coroner? Is he going to take the tampon out? So do you got, like, a, a ghost tampon inside? Because you know what I mean? You see, like, uh, things all the time of, like, oh, this ghost died and they're wearing the same clothes that they died in. So if you got a tampon in when you die, do you just, like, eternally have a tampon stuck in you? That would be so uncomfortable. Forever? Girl, if you have a tampon in forever, you're going to get that toxic shock. Like, you can't, you can't wear it for six hours. How are you going to wear it for eternity? Oh, oh, this is very important information. Oh, yeah. Sometimes when I uh, uh go to the grocery store or whatever, um, I just kind of throw on some sweatpants and a tank top. And then as I'm walking, I'm like, what if I died right now? And my ghost was just stuck to look like this forever. Here's the thing, this is what I've been doing for the last 22 years, is I dress pretty much the same every day. So if I die, my ghost is kind of like my cartoon character version, where it's just like, you know it's going to be jeans and a t-shirt, like, no matter what the situation of my death is. Oh, girl, I was just about to say cartoon character. You know what, that's a pretty good pretty good way to go. Uh, people will always recognize you up there. And then you know when you die, and if you're going to be buried or whatever, and then the, the mortician's got to put a little makeup on you, people are going to be like, oh my god, Amy looks so good, because I never usually wear makeup. They're going to be like, oh, she looks so good in death, so much better than she ever did in life. Oh, <laughs> god. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I'm not going to say what it was, uh, for spoiler's sake, but I was watching something where uh, a character faked their own death, and I was thinking, because people were saying some stuff at the funeral, and I was like, yo, what if you fake your own death? Just to, like, see what people would say about you. Oh my god, I've wanted to do that so many times. Like, <laughs> I would want to know, but also a little bit not. <laughs> she was a bitch. <laughs> she wore the same fucking outfit every day, like she was some kind of cartoon character. Who does she think she is? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, maybe I don't want to know. Yeah, whatever they're saying, um, we don't need to know, right? They can just wait till I'm really dead. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. But Paul Rudd, when his fiance died at their wedding, uh, he is genuinely really upset by this, because, uh, you know, they were going to get married. So it's uh, we cut to a year later, it's a year after she's been dead for a while, Paul Rudd is still devastated, and his sister drags him to a psychic to talk to his dead fiance. And girl, guess what the psychic's name was? I literally don't remember. 
It was possibly the best name that one could ever be. Na- it was Ashley. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow, we're watching a lot of uh, movies where people have the name Ashley. First, slap her, she's French. Now, yeah. over her dead body. Here's the thing, though. I've never met, I think I've met one single other Ashley in my entire life. <laughs> now, within a couple, uh, within like a month, I've been watching movies where all these characters are named Ashley. And I don't know where it's coming from, but I am okay with it. I'm the opposite. Like, none of these movies have ever had someone named Amy in them. But I know like five other Amys in real life. I think 1998 was just the Amy year. Amy and Emily are like, everyone's got, <laughs> everyone's got that name in their family. Oh my god. Uh, girl, I was, uh, <laughs> I was looking that up a, a couple days ago, and the name Ashley was apparently the number one, like, name for a girl to be named every year up until the year I was born. <laughs> it's like not for my year and beyond. Oh my god, what happened? What happened to Ashley? Bring Ashley's back. I think it was me. I think I was born uh, in my year and they were like, ooh, we don't want this anymore. (laughs) I was the opposite. I was born and everyone's like, oh my god, pinnacle of perfection over here. Uh, uh, more of her, please. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, my parents just like could not get past A in the baby name book. They're like, oh, this is tiring. Me too. Both me and my brother have A names. They were like, mm, that's that's too much reading for us. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, going back to the sister, right? It's only been a year since Paul Rudd's fiance died on their wedding day, and the sister is being so pushy about like, you need to get out and meet new people. Like, no, he doesn't. Leave him alone. Yeah, bitch. Oh my god, a year is uh, straight up not a lot of time for anything. <laughs> Honestly, this year with the pan like, it's been, what, months and months since the pandemic started. You know, since Miss Rona happened. It feels like a month. You know, time passes very quickly, especially when you're grieving or when something uh, uh, very big is, is going on in your life. Um, A year to be like, yeah, I know the, the love of your life died Horribly, but um, I think it's time to move on, uh, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> she was the second most annoying, maybe third most annoying character in this movie. She was just like so up in his business for no reason. I'm like, listen, girl, he's got a good job, he's actually like taking care of himself pretty good considering his fiance died a year ago. Like, leave him alone, sis. Yeah, oh my god, and her excuse to make him, uh, her excuse to, like, okay, she was, like, super manipulative, because her whole thing, she's like, oh, I gotta get my brother Paul Rudd uh, to get over his dead fiancé, because he's a little bitch. (laughs) So she's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him to a psychic medium. What? That's your big to get him over it, I'm going to take him to a psychic to be like, yeah, she, like, says I love you from the other side, so now you're fucking cured. Uh, what? That's your big plan? <laughs> First of all, that's called lying. Second of all, she, like, takes it to the next level because when Paul Rudd goes to the psychic, 
there's like shit going on and she can't get like a good reading on uh Kate who's the dead fiance. So then the sister comes back the next day or whatever to talk to the psychic girl and she brings uh Kate's old diary and she's like here take this diary and like read it do some research on her and then you can say stuff that only Kate and Paul Rudd would know to make him think that you can actually talk to ghosts which um she doesn't need her help so you can like convince him to start moving on and getting into a new relationship and I'm like girl what the fuck that's insane so uh they're both con men is what we're getting at i mean we don't get too political on this podcast but i'm a little i'm a lot of a skeptic when it comes to these things i mean i don't believe in this song to begin with i think i mean i i've i've watched a okay girl straight up have you seen the documentary okay it's gonna be a no <laughs> Just that sentence. Have you seen the documentary? <laughs> no. <laughs> but there's this dude, James Randi, who I literally just watched this like a week ago, um, who used to be like a super famous magician. And he spent his life since then, like trying to debunk psychics. And it, this is still offered, but he offers anyone a $1 million prize to uh, prove to him that any sort of psychic ability or magical power or anything exists and he's like yo if you have any proof like come to me and i'll give you a million dollars because he's like rich as fuck and not a single person has managed to he's like debunked like hundreds of thousands of people that have come anyway man is my hero but to begin with i mean in my opinion psychics are a little bit of uh, con people (laughs) So to, like, bring your your brother to a con person and then up that con by being like, hey, even if you were real and magic is real and everything, I'm going to make you con him anyway. And here's a a diary to cheat your way to getting close. Like, she's so manipulative. The sister in this movie is awful. That is super fucked up. But also I'm thinking about what you just said. A magician (laughs) hates psychics so much that he's willing to pay a million dollars to prove that they aren't real what psychic broke this man's heart (laughs) this guy is so funny he's like some 97 old dumbledore looking ass (laughs) but he's the best (laughs) and he's like he did he was i think he was called like the amazing randy as a kid (laughs) yeah just like did a whole bunch of magic as a kid and now he's just like this super cynical wants to debunk everyone but i kind of respect him oh my god he's like a uh, uh, mythbusters but for ghosts but ghostbuster <laughs> yes, he is the ghostbuster <laughs> the one true ghostbuster the rest are frauds Oh, yeah, no, he could debunk the Ghostbusters that we know and and love. Um, He is the one true master of ghosts. When you debunk the Ghostbusters, you become the ultimate Ghostbuster. (laughs) Yeah, you take their place. It is uh, an honor and a a sin? What's the word? (laughs) An honor Um, and a sin. No, 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 you got it, you got it. It's an honor and a sin. (laughs) It's both an honor and a curse, uh, is what I was going for. Also, who is he to, like, disprove magic when he's literally a magician? 
Yeah, this is very true. The way that he puts it is that, like, he did magic for, like, the entertainment of people. So, like, he'd go on stage and be like, hey, guys, none of this is real. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dupe y'all. I'm gonna fool y'all. And then he'd do his magic trick. Whereas he sees uh, psychics as people that, like, take advantage of people, which I, like, I more or less agree with. Just because for psychics, it's not like, you know, this is a, a... fun well I guess some people could be like what's gonna happen to me in a year you know just like fun whatever but like I've watched a lot of like just because I was like I went down a fucking like rabbit hole (laughs) of this stuff like a week ago when I saw this documentary um but there's been like a lot of things where like someone has like you know their daughter's gone missing and a psychic has been like yeah she was like brutally like hacked to pieces and then you know a year later she turns up alive and meanwhile the family has gone bankrupt going to all these psychics trying to find out where she is and meanwhile they were just bullshitting their way through that's so, fucked up that's fucked up <laughs> man, man right really hacked to pieces Oh my, I watched this one interview, which was so funny to watch, because, like, the whole time you know that it's, like, fake, right? So it's this, like, news lady that showed a psychic a picture of her as a little girl, and she's like, hey, this random girl on the news um, went missing. Can you tell me, like, what happened? And the psychic was like, yeah, I'm getting, like, energies that this girl was, like, drowned in a lake. Um, You'll find her in this lake, but, like, maybe not, because her body may have uh, drifted away. Um, But, like, I'm sensing drowned in water. And the girl was like, mm, that's me uh, 15 years ago, and I'm alive. And the psychic was like, oop, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> Some of them are, are kind of funny to watch, but it is kind of sad when it, like, affects you know, people. <laughs> yeah, sorry, tangent. Wait, wait, just one more thing about this Randy magician dude. <laughs> this Randy magician dude. Um, <laughs> was he, like, a magician magician? Like, ooh, I'm gonna make this rabbit come out of a hat. Or was he, like, a Chris Angel magician where he's like, I'm gonna light myself on fire and see if I come out alive? <laughs> I think he was kind of both. Like, uh, I saw tricks of him. Like, he, he did that, like... Houdini shit where he was like he locked himself in a box underwater and then tried to escape he oh my god he did like this insane thing where he he, like locked himself in a straight jacket and then hung himself upside down on a crane or whatever and like escaped the so he did some (laughs) some crazy stuff like escape artist stuff but he also did some like you know is this your card (laughs) you know like magic stuff (laughs) we love a versatile man (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh this psychic that uh paul rad goes to see though is just like some random hot chick in her apartment with her roommate and it's kind of unclear at first whether she's a con woman or like actually sees ghosts and it kind of seems like she's been a con woman at first um because she doesn't get it like we said she doesn't get everything uh, anything out of paul rad paul rad is understandably super skeptical and not really having any of it and then, like we said, Paul Red's sister is like, hey, what if you cheated? <laughs> and uh, here's the dead girl's diary. Read some stuff. Pretend you know about her and Paul Red will feel better. Um, and Psychic Girl's like, okay. <laughs> Maybe this is the movie that we showed to Mr. Randy to uh, get that million dollars. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> she is kind of a con woman. You're right. At the beginning of this movie. 
Yeah. Oh my god. We just <laughs> we just straight up show this movie. We're like, hey, Mr. Randy, um, we got this movie for you. You think ghosts don't exist? Boom. What about this uh dead fiance here? I think that's irrefutable uh, evidence. Yeah, he's like 97, right? Does he know who Paul Rudd is? Can we, like, say this is a documentary we made or something? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Caught it all on camera. Just, like, color graded a little darker. Put a little bit of a grain on it. Ooh, found footage. Yeah, and we just, you know, added uh, one All-American Reject song just to add a little spice, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Ooh, this is perfect. <laughs> Add some spoopy music. Oh, I think we could get that million. I hope we can, because, uh, girl, we need some of that spooky cash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we are, uh, very poor students at the moment. It could very much help us to con our, our way, uh, out of this old man. <laughs> well, he's an old rich man, so... I don't feel that bad. Yeah, you know what? That's true. He's offering a million bucks. (laughs) And he kind of conned other people to get that money. So this is kind of like uh, a karma thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we could definitely uh, pull some wool over this guy to get that, get the the bucks there. Uh, We got to pull a full Robin Hood. We steal from the rich and give to ourselves who are poor. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, I love that. I saw this tweet the other day, and it was like, uh, Robin Hood giving his money to his friend, and then his friend, who used to be poor, is like, oh my god, thanks, Robin Hood, now I'm rich. And Robin Hood narrows eyes, you're what? (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) This just goes full circle. (laughs) We gotta keep it secret from Robin Hood. We gotta be like, oh, thank you, Mr. Hood, now I'm like moderately, um, average in society. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just like, middle class. <laughs> Thank you, I'm finally middle class. But don't worry, I'm lower middle class. Wink, wink. Oh yeah, um, no need to steal from me, good sir. <laughs> anyway, back to this movie. We're only on, like, the second scene or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, just a question about uh jason biggs who's the psychic's best friend i guess because whenever she describes him she always says oh that's my assistant jason biggs whatever his name is but then whenever he describes her he's always like yeah she's my best friend we're like soulmates for life i'm like her gay best friend and we like hang out all the time and um she's my my co-caterer we own this catering business together which first of all he obviously is very awful at cooking, so why would you start a catering business with him? Anyways, I had to take, like, half the movie to figure out that they were supposed to be best friends, because she kept saying, oh yeah, he's just my assistant. Yeah, which at first I thought, because it wasn't super clear until, like, midway through the movie that they had a catering business together, I thought he just, like, liked to cook, so I was like, oh yeah, she's his assistant um, in psychicking. Um, but he's just, like, always off in the kitchen burning himself, and I didn't really get what his point was. Um, also, she's a psychic, and they have a, a catering business. Why not put those two together? Be like, mmm, I'm sensing mashed potatoes for you. Are you, that'd be so entertaining. <laughs> I was thinking about this the whole time, because I'm like, 
why would they have her have a catering business if it's not going to come back in like a full circle moment somewhere at the end where I have no idea in what situation uh, she would need to have both her catering and her psychic powers at the same time. But you're totally right. I'm sensing mashed potatoes would be, uh, first of all, an amazing little party trick. But also, what what possible uh, name could they have for their catering service that has something to do with ghosts? Oh, my God. Oh, Oh, okay, we're gonna spitball here. We got spooky foods. Um, that shit. Let's keep going. <laughs> no, I like it. We can, we can, uh, we can roll with this. Uh, spooky and spicy. <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, that just sounds like the Spice Girls names, though. <laughs> True. We could do psychatering. Oh, we got options. We got options. We could do <laughs> bad food. Psych. It's good. <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> A little long, but we'll make it work. B F P I G. Buffigig. That's good, right? <laughs> bad food. Psych. It's good. Buffig. Buffig. Hey, I'm having a wedding. I think I'm gonna order from Buffig. Oh, see, um, I think they maybe should have hired us as marketing managers, you know, because uh, I see what you're what you mean there, because in this movie, the catering business had literally nothing to do with the movie. It, I think they just wanted to tack on a couple extra scenes. Uh, yeah, if any of you had listened to our Merry Christmas episode, which was our Christmas episode from last year, the main dude in that movie had a catering business, but it related to the main story in that like the main antagonist the guy was catering for his wedding so it kind of like all mixed together whereas this one it was just like yeah this movie is about psychics and ghosts and romance um oh yeah and here's like one scene of them catering a wedding because we need to fill the runtime yeah and also um paul rudd in this movie is a vet like a veterinarian and I thought that would also have some kind of impact on the storyline. Like, oh my god, one of the animals at his practice is dying, and the psychic girl has to, like, translate the animal's last thoughts to their owner. Which kind of is going into Dr. Doolittle territory, but they never say in the movie that she can't talk to animal ghosts as well. Yeah, no, the only, and we'll get into it a little later, but the only thing that that has to do with anything is at the end of the movie, uh, there's a parrot that talks. But, like, on it, you could have just had him have a pet parrot, which he does anyway. It doesn't really have anything to do with the vet thing. Um, yeah, that's just his parrot. It's not like <laughs> he has to treat this parrot for anything. <laughs> yeah. We got a couple notes for you, Paul Rudd, if you ever decide to uh, re- redo this movie. Number one, though, has got to be that psychic catering business. Oh, that would be so good. You know, get you get notes of people's stuff beforehand and then be like, mm, tonight, um, I'm thinking grilled salmon for you. You, though, not not sensing grilled salmon. That's not on the menu today. I'm going to give you some uh, some pickled ham. I'm getting the, I'm getting some some pink <laughs> uh, in my mind. So I'm thinking pickled ham. <laughs> you know, did you just make up? Pickled ham? Or is that a real thing? Um, I mean, I think it's a real thing. It could also be from Dr. Seuss, though, so I don't actually know. 
Uh, for you, I'm thinking green eggs and pickled ham. <laughs> I'm thinking a little bit of a roast beast. <laughs> what kind of vibe do you have to give off for the psychic to come around and say, yeah, you look like a pickled ham kind of guy? <laughs> Definitely a very specific vibe, to, to be sure. <laughs> so... Uh, Ashley, the psychic, takes the sister up on her offer and decides to continue seeing Paul Rudd in these sessions, which, to her credit, she doesn't charge him for. So at least she's not, like, conning him for money. But uh, she's still continuing to have regular psychic appointments with him and just kind of, like, uh, memorizing stuff from his dead fiancé's diary and being like yeah um she says remember that time we had fun together and he was like we did have fun together and she was like "Mm, see what i mean i'm psychic (laughs) (laughs) there's this part where they're at the grocery store together and she has to like pretend to have a psychic vision like that's so raven style so she just like drops her her uh basket and she's like oh my god i'm having a vision (laughs) (laughs) yeah very convincing (laughs) yeah um so they have a couple of these little dates where she reveals tiny tidbits about um paul rudd and kate's life and then going back to what kate is doing this whole time so i don't know if we mentioned this before but she wakes up in this kind of all white room and there's this lady there, and I don't know what happens, because Kate is literally the most annoying character in this whole movie, but she annoys the angel, who is the lady in the room with her, uh, so much that the angel just straight up leaves. She's like, wow, this sucks, I'm a dip. And Kate's like, wait, what? how do I know what to do, and uh, how do I get to heaven and, and all that? And she's like, mm, not my problem anymore, peace. Yeah, she's, like, in the middle of explaining the rules of uh, what to do after you're dead, which Kate is. And then she just finds Kate so annoying that she just dips out and Kate is left uh, alone in this terrifyingly nothing void of of a space. Because, like, she comes back to our world to kind of haunt later on. Yeah, and I remember what she was talking about that was so annoying. She was just saying... Um, are you an angel? Because you don't have any wings. So that means you're just a human. Which, like I was saying, I mean, without wings, it do be just looking like a business lady. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But I guess Kate figured it out, how to get out of the void eventually, because uh, she's she's been spying on Ashley and Paul Rudd going on these little psychic dates. And she's getting super jealous of them because they keep getting closer. It started out as just, you know, psychic readings. And then it turned into dates with, with occasional uh, occasional psychicness. And then just dates. So, yeah, Kate is very jealous of what's going on. So she decides to, as a ghost, pretend to be a customer of Ashley, the psychics, and like, scares her with some ghost tactics to try to get Ashley to stop hanging out with Paul Rudd. She's, like, levitating above this table, putting on a demon voice, uh, being like, don't hang out with Paul Rudd. Um, <laughs> and so Ashley is obviously super freaked out, and she decides to call it off with Paul Rudd. Okay, but here's the thing, like, why couldn't she just do that 
as a ghost. Like, why did she have to come up with this whole ruse where she's like, oh, yeah, I'm a customer and my best friend just died, so I need your services to help me talk to my dead best friend or whatever. Um, when she's just going to go off and do ghost stuff anyway. Yeah, girl, true. Why pretend to be possessed by a ghost when you're literally a ghost? You don't got to do that shit. Like, <laughs> she knows that the psychic can see her anyway. Like, I would be more freaked out if someone just, like, appeared out of nowhere in my living room than if some crazy person came in and was like, mm, I'm a ghost, exercise me, or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, uh, me too. Um, also, the haunting that goes on in this movie. And like we said, uh, Halloween month is over. This isn't a, a super spooky movie. It's just a little bit of a the, the drizzle on top of that Sunday. It's just whatever's left. So there is a little bit of haunting going on. But it's more just Kate being like, Hey, Ash, could you, could you leave my boy alone? And Kate being like, I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, the um haunting is just Kate being annoying. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is saying something, because a lot of these characters are very annoying. <laughs> so uh, Ashley obviously gets super freaked out about this whole thing. She cuts it off with Paul Rudd. They sort of stop seeing each other for a while. Paul Rudd doesn't really know what's going on, because Ashley just, uh, no pun intended, ghosted him. Ooh, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, until Paul Rudd's sister shows up to Ashley's place again to get the diary back or something. And she shows Ashley, the psychic, a picture of Kate, which this is the first time, I guess, that Ashley is seeing a picture of Kate because she's like, hey, that's the girl that just done goofed me and pretended to be possessed. So <laughs> Ashley now realizes that it was Kate's ghost all along and is somehow less freaked out now. Yeah, I don't know why they needed to have this whole section when literally she just could have came in as a ghost right away. And then she tells her best friend, uh, who knows that she's a psychic, I saw this ghost girl, like, I saw her physically, not just, like, talking to her. And the best friend gets so freaked out, but, like, you know that she talks to ghosts on the reg, like, <laughs> why are you so freaked out about her seeing a ghost? Yeah, that's true. Unless he just, like, straight up didn't believe in her. And he was like, yeah, I mean, you're a psychic, right? Ooh, that's true, that's true. So, regardless, we know this whole thing is real now. So, Kate, a ghost Kate, appears again, and Ashley confronts her. And Kate tells Ashley again to stay away from Paul Rudd. But this time, Ashley doesn't want to listen. And she decides she's still going to go out with Paul Rudd. So they do. She gets back together with him. They keep going on dates. Eventually they kiss and they're like a real couple now. And there's this part that I hate um, <laughs> where the psychic girl and Paul Rudd, the psychic girl wants to get away from Kate because Kate is being so annoying. She's like talking her ear off. She's like interrupting her work, doing whatever. Uh, to make her not go out with Paul Rudd. Eventually, the psychic's like, fuck this, I'm gonna go on a mini vacation with Paul Rudd to, I don't know, somewhere in a hotel. So her and Paul Rudd are in their hotel room, and oh my God. they start doing the do, right? And Kate is there watching them the whole time, and 
it's the most cringy, disturbing <laughs> scene in this movie. It is so horrendously awkward. Oh my god, this one part was hard to watch. Yeah, they go away together, they start hooking up. Kate is like, she's not only just standing there watching the whole time, she's like talking, she's like singing, and Ashley is trying to like drown her out while doing the deed. And oh my god, it's so awkward, because she keeps trying to get Paul Red to like be louder and louder and we keep cutting to shots of like outside of other people hearing and I wanted to die. <laughs> Just it, like Kate. It was <laughs> it was the worst. And not only was Kate like nearby or in the room or whatever, she was actively levitating on top of them while they were doing the nasty. And Paul Rudd is like, so like are you okay? Like why <laughs> Why do you want me to, like, scream in your ear and whatever? And she's like, yeah, yeah, just keep doing it. And Kate's, like, being so annoying the whole time. It's just bad. It's bad. Okay? It's yikes. It's yuck. It's jinkies, jeepers. Bleh. The whole, the whole shebang. All of those words. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, like, unclear whether they managed to do it in the end. I don't know if I want to know. Bro, if I was Paul Rudd and... She was, like, asking me to do all these things. I'd be like, like, maybe you're not in the right headspace for this. You know, this is a little intense. Maybe we should table this for now. Put a pin in it. We can wait. <laughs> Pretty sure. And there's this part immediately before they start getting it on, which is somehow even worse than the actual getting it on. It's when the psychic girl's like, oh, I'm just going to go into the bathroom and freshen up. And Paul Rudd's like, yeah, okay. So as oh, she's God. going to the... <laughs> you oh, know no. what I'm talking about. As oh, she's no. going to the bathroom, she kind of, like, stops in the doorway and looks at him. And Paul, and it's not Paul Rudd, but there's this long, let's say, two-minute farting sound uh, that just riffs through the room. And, of course... We know it's Kate the ghost, but for some reason, the psychic's like, mm, could it be? Paul Rudd is literally shitting himself in front of me? <laughs> Here's the thing with that, though. Is, uh, Kate the ghost decided that she, that she wanted Kate to think that Paul Rudd was uh, <laughs> just ripping, ripping all of them uh, right in front of her. Meanwhile, Paul Rudd is acting like he doesn't know what's going on because, of course, he can't hear the ghost. Here's my question, though. Wouldn't it have been, if you want them really to break up, wouldn't it have been so much worse to uh, get Paul Rudd to think that she was the one fighting? I don't know if she can do that because he can't hear her, right? Hmm, this is true, this is true. Still, though, I mean, two minutes doesn't sound like a long time, but when that's literally the only thing going on in the scene, it is a very long scene. And and here's the thing, like, he's just minding his own business, unpacking their luggage, and this farting sound is going on over top of that. But he doesn't, like, lift his leg a little bit, he doesn't, like, make a face or anything... So why would you think that it's him when you know this ghost is, like, trying to jack up your relationship? 
Oh my god, yeah. Here's the thing, because Kate, the ghost, keeps doing things over and over. She keeps, like, you know, pretending that... I was going to say that she's dead. She is dead. But she's pretending to be, like, an alive person that killed themselves. Or she's pretending to have Kate hearing... Every... There's not a single time in this movie that she does not fall for it. You know that there's this psychotic ghost girl haunting you, and she still falls for it. And she's like, oh my gosh, could it be that Paul Rudd just keeps ripping? No, obviously not. (laughs) Yeah, like, this girl is so gullible. Oh my god. Nothing about his posture, what he's doing, would indicate that he's even farting a little bit. You know, he's just like, and then she's like, um, are you okay over there? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. What's up? And, like, if it was really him, he'd be like, oh, my God, I didn't know you were in the room. I'm so sorry. Did you hear that? Blah, blah, blah. But he's just like, yeah, what's up? What, uh, what's going on? Yeah, dude, it was it was not something that you can uh, brush under the rug or be like, yeah, I was the chair. <laughs> like, it went on for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> it did not need, they did not need to go that hard with the farting sound effects. It was just bad. It was not a good scene. Um, and that coupled with the whole trying to sex each other with the ghosts in the room. Ugh, girl, it was not, it was not it. But probably the worst scene in the movie. Very awkward. Zero out of ten. <laughs> However, you know, they've been going on dates, they've been having fun, but their romance is kind of short-lived. When Paul Rudd's sister comes over to Kate's place, this is after they've come back from their little mini-vacation, and she asks Ashley for Kate's diary back. But Paul finds out, because he, like, shows up at that exact moment. We love plot convenience. And he just decides to shut out both of them. He's like, you, my girlfriend, you, my sister, neither of y'all are going to be in my life right now. He breaks up with Ashley. He, like, shuns whatever his sister's name is. And they're, like, over because he found out that this whole thing was fake, which is understandable. Yeah, Paul Rudd is the only sympathetic character in this whole movie. And there was also this scene, I think it might be the scene right before this, where Paul Rudd and his sister, like, uh, out having lunch or something, and Paul Rudd's like, oh, so I took your advice and I'm finally seeing someone because you keep pestering me every second of every day to move on, so that's what I'm doing now. And the sister's like, oh my god, that's so good, like, who are you dating? And he tells her that it's uh, Ashley, and she's like, mm, I take it back, never mind, I don't want you to date anyone else, and you can be alone forever, so don't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, Girl, you literally this, he's had to deal with you for this whole year telling him to move on. And the second he finally moves on, she's like, mm, I take it back. Yeah, it was a lot of these characters are awful. But like, that's the whole point of this movie is the sister was like, you got to move on. Here's a psychic. And then when he's like, turns out I really like the psychic. She's like, Ugh, what? So now both people, both Ashley and Paul Rudd, are seeing other people now because they're broken up. Well, hold on. We got to talk about the other big reveal of this movie, which I also hate so much. So Jason Biggs, the gay best friend of the psychic girl, turns out after she breaks up with Paul Rudd, he confesses his love to her. And he's like, actually, I'm not gay. 
The only reason I pretended to be gay for five years is because you said you didn't trust straight men. And I'm like, do people even think about the things that they're saying? Like, duh, no wonder she doesn't trust straight men when literally one has been masquerading as a gay man for no reason to try to date her, which also does not make any sense. Yeah. Oh my god, first of all, the only gay person in this entire movie turns out to be straight all along. We love that. Um, and also, he's just like the creepiest, oh my god, because he's pretending to be gay for five years. So he's like, yeah, like, when Ashley is confronting him about this, she's like, we took showers together, we, we slept in the same bed. Um, that is mega creepy, my dude. And he's like, mm, please, like, I'm sympathetic, take me back. And she's like, okay, oh my god, no, do not take him back. This is the part in the movie where I had to pause the movie and I went on Wikipedia and I looked it up and guess what? This was written by a man. Uh, no fucking wonder because if this was written by a woman, she would have killed that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> this is like, and then he's kind of begging her to not ghost him forever, no pun intended, uh, which I totally think she should have done. He's like, do you know how hard it was to hear about your crushes and help you pick out clothes and be, a, like, a nice, decent person without ever fucking you? And I'm like, that's what being a friend is. Like, if you don't want to be her friend, then don't be her friend. No one is begging you to be her friend. She even calls you her assistant, so she doesn't really care that much. Yeah, oh my god, girl, there's so many uh women out there in the world. Pick another one that actually likes you. But also, like, the first time she was like, you know, the whole thing that this happened is because uh, when they first met each other and had been hanging out for a while, she was like, oh my god, it's so good to have a, a gay best friend. And he was like, yeah, I'm totally, like, correct her and be like, actually, I'm not gay. Solve the whole thing out, and she would have been like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I, uh, presumed, whatever. But he decided, no, for five years I'm just gonna pretend and be a creep, which is possibly the worst direction you could go with that. Yuck, yuck. This is like the opposite of that, <laughs> that Lady Gaga gif where she's like amazing, incredible, but this is like disgusting, uh, vile, inhumane, evil, bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jason Biggs, go fuck a pie and leave her alone, my man. Like, she does not want any of this. I yeah, know, and the worst thing is that she accepts his apology at the end and takes him back, and that's who she ends up dating after Paul Rudd. Can you imagine going from the actual only good character in this movie, Paul Rudd, to dating a man who pretended to be gay for no reason for five years and didn't move on like a normal person. Like, why didn't that sister get up all in Jason Biggs' grill and be like, hey, you need to move on, sir. This is getting out of hand. Uh, yeah, we're going to find you another psychic <laughs> to talk to your uh, dead morality, I guess. Um <laughs> Yo, everyone in this movie, besides our boy uh, Paul Rudd, because he would never do no wrong to us, is so manipulative, dude. It is the worst. Like, let's 
go through our checklist. We got Jason Biggs, who pretended to be gay for five years and is a total creep, and we hate him, and he's evil, and he's nasty, and he's vile, and he's uh, the worst. Uh, and then we have yeah. this sister <laughs> who keeps pestering Paul Rudd to go on a date after his wife died on their wedding day a year ago. Oh, and who also kind of bribed the psychic into doing some dirty work for her and, like, making her tell Paul Rudd that Kate wants him to move on when clearly Kate doesn't want him to move on. And then we have uh, Kate herself, who is just the worst. We've only seen her alive for, like, two minutes, and I hated her. <laughs> and then we've seen her dead, and she was somehow even more annoying. And then we have the psychic girl, who I will admit has some chemistry with Paul Rudd, but their entire relationship is, like, built on a giant lie, which is not a good start. Yeah, um, I'm gonna give them three out of three yikes right there. They were just, it was four out of four. Wait, how many characters are there? Uh, there's Kate, the sister, Jason Biggs, and Sight. Four out of four yikes. Yuck. Four, four yikes. Uh, no thanks. There's also, uh, this part somewhere around this time when Kate bumps into the ice sculptor dude who is also now dead. And she's like, oh, that angel lady didn't tell me what to do, so how do I get to the afterlife? And he's like, you have to do your unfinished business. And she's like, okay, I guess my unfinished business is to protect Paul Rudd. And my issue with that is, you know in ghost movies when there's unfinished business, it's always like, I have to deliver a message to someone. Or like, something concretely... It's like a, a yes or no situation, you know? But um, taking care of Paul Rudd seems like a lifelong commitment kind of thing, so I don't know what her whole idea was there. Yeah, that she's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta take care of him. I gotta make sure that he only loves me for the, for the rest of his remaining life. That girl, you're gonna spend eternity <laughs> trying to keep that up. Um, thankfully, though, she sees uh, old ice sculpture dude again later, and now seeing Paul Rudd so miserable not being with Ashley, she realizes that she actually does want to see him happy, and she tries to get the two of them back together now, which happened very quickly <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, all of a sudden, everyone wants her to be with Paul Rudd again, wants a psychic girl to be with Paul Rudd. Yeah, but sadly, Ashley has moved on with uh, Mr. Creep. So, meanwhile, Kate is trying to get Paul Rudd back together with Ashley, the psychic, but Ashley has moved on. So, Kate is trying to communicate with Paul, who obviously can't hear her because she's dead. So, this is where we mentioned the parrot before. Uh, she's, like, talking to Paul, and the parrot, who I guess can also talk to dead people... Here's her, and he starts repeating what Kate says, so now Paul Rudd is talking to Kate through his pet parrot. This is a reverse Dr. Doolittle. Um, I've n <laughs> I didn't even consider this while watching it, but yeah, you're right. How did the parrot talk to Kate? Like, is it a psychic parrot? It's gotta be. Are all animals psychic, or is it just this particular parrot? Uh, we got a, a Mr. Mr. Don't Big. It was Sam Doolittle. I love that. I love that. Uh, oh, oh, 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, Kate is talking to Paul Rudd through this bird, and she tells Paul Rudd that Ashley is at the airport because her and Creepo are planning on going on vacation together or something. So, Paul Rudd, oh, I mean, you knew it was coming. It's a romance movie. You knew there had to be an airport chasing at the end. So, Paul Rudd runs after Ashley through the airport. Of course, he catches her right before her flight, and he, like, confesses his love to her, and they end up getting together again. And Jason Biggs is just watching all this happen, watching the psychic get snatched away from him, and I'm like, that's what you get. That's karma. That's karma, my guy. And then... There's this whole thing where there's this guy at the airport who thinks he's gay because he said something about being not gay. (laughs) This guy is like my second favorite character after Paul Rudd. Uh, This random guy in the airport where he's like, hey, do you want to go to Vegas and we can talk about how not gay we both are? (laughs) 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 Paul Rudd and Ashley end up getting married themselves. So now Kate can finally move on because she's done what she needed to do as a ghost. Kate moves on to the afterlife. Who knows how she got into heaven, um, but she did. Yeah, hmm. I mean, all those things that she did uh, as a ghost, I don't think would make her exactly the best person. Even the things she did when she was alive for two minutes in this movie. She was, like, being rude to the caterers at her own wedding. Uh, she was, like berating this ice sculpture guy who yes you should have put wings on the ice sculpture but like what do you want to do if the wedding starts in 10 minutes yeah a girl (laughs) so uh i don't know if that's the criteria for getting into heaven i mean i think we got nothing to worry about Uh, (laughs) (laughs) we're in already oh oh yeah we are uh for we got our tickets lined up we bought them beforehand (laughs) vip box but, of course, the, the very last scene, we find out that in order to actually move on or get into heaven or whatever, Kate was supposed to get some, like, light orbs or whatever <laughs> from Paul Rudd and Ashley, and she didn't, because what the hell does that mean? So I guess she's just, like, not gonna move on and is eternally stuck in in limbo? <laughs> That's karma! <laughs> true <laughs> if only something happened to the sister that like i don't know gave her a a little taste of her own medicine yeah that's true if only there were more ice sculptures in this world <laughs> it's too bad there aren't but that is the end of the movie wow do you have any final thoughts on this movie what are your thoughts ashley here's the thing <laughs> this is our toasting season We're trying to be relatively nicer to these movies that we're talking about. So I gotta give a toast to my boy Paul Rudd because he can do no wrong. Um, and he was fantastic as always. I gotta give a toast to all the animals that were in this movie because they were cute as hell. They had no purpose, but they were cute. And that is all. (laughs) This movie, I think, was part paranormal, part romance. And I don't think it succeeded in either category, to be honest. You know what? I'm, I totally agree with that. I'm also going to give 
a little toast to Lake Bell, who played the psychic, because she was one of the four <laughs> manipulative characters, but at least she had some kind of charm, you know? She was charming, unlike literally everyone else except Paul Rudd in this movie. Uh, you know what, True, I, I do like her as an actress, and I think she did a good job. Uh, it was just mayhaps the the screenwriter <laughs> or whoever came up with her character um, that's going to get our, our roast today. Amy, what did you think? I I thought it was good, yeah. I think the writing is what kind of kind of let us down. I don't think they uh, they did they all did great with their acting. All the characters who uh, needed to act very incredibly annoying have done their part. And Paul Rudd, great as always. This is kind of an all-star comedy cast. All of these actors and actresses have been in funny stuff, I guess. But I feel like they didn't, you know, live up to their full potential in this movie. And I have a, a feeling that it has a big part to do with the writing. Also, like, Kate, right? The whole time I was thinking if her final business on Earth is to protect Paul Rudd, why did she not follow Paul Rudd around instead of following the psychic girl and, like, making her life hell? Like, it just, a lot of the things, a lot of the plot points did not make any sense in this movie. Yeah, because the kind of, the stance that, I mean, there's a lot of different lore on ghosts, depending on which movie you watch, but in this one, they kind of stuck with, you know, that only psychics or whatever can hear or see ghosts, and ghosts can't actually touch anything around them, so if there was no psychic in this movie, then Paul Rudd would have never found out that Kate was, like, around as a ghost, so... I'm not sure how she would have completed her ghost duty had it not been for the very convenient psychic in his life. This is true, but also, if she was hanging around Paul Rudd earlier, then I'm sure she would have figured out the whole parrot trick much, much earlier. Oh yeah, this is true, because she died a year before the majority of this movie takes place, so he would have had what, a year of just kind of being sad and her randomly hanging around him as a ghost but not being able to do anything? Yeah, maybe if she saw him like that. Because when she finally wakes up in the world, it's already been a year and she's kind of missed all of his intense grieving. Maybe if she saw him actually grieving a little more over her, it would have been like the end of the movie when she realizes how miserable he actually is and maybe sooner she would have said you know what? You can move on. This is coming straight from me, your ghost ex-wife or whatever. <laughs> she could have told him through the parrot. Yeah, that's that's really true. <laughs> so, I mean, overall, I don't think this was an awful movie, but it had points it, it could have improved on for sure. Yeah. I also want <laughs> I also want to mention one thing, Ashley, and it's <laughs> It's not good. It's <laughs> the whole time I thought the ice sculptor guy was rip torn. Um, went on IMDb, turns <gasps> out it's not. <gasps> Amy, have we switched personalities? <laughs> We've had a, a full Freaky Friday. Uh, it turns out it's Stephen Root, a completely different person. 
Oh, oh my god. Okay, hang on. Oh, Riptorn does look similar. Okay. I'm dirty. I'm so proud you. of you. <laughs> oh, I'm so proud. <laughs> um, if you're new to the podcast, um, I am uh, what some may call slightly face blind. I mix up a lot of people a lot of the time. And Amy, you advanced to level one in the face blindness association. <laughs> Thank it you. is a very Thank proud you. honor that I hope you appreciate. <laughs> wow, I do. You're really rubbing off on me, huh? I think that is the spookiest part of this whole movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you, I wanted to ask you, do you have any favorite ghost movies that are, let's say, better than this one? Oh, a good question. Hmm. Well, I mean, we could go with an absolute classic that we've already mentioned today, um, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters. Oh, yes. So good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what are, you, what are your favorite ghost movies? There's, I think I mentioned at the beginning, right? There's one with Mark Ruffalo I saw a couple years ago, don't remember what it's about. I think he moves into an apartment or a house and Reese Witherspoon died there or something, and she's a ghost, and I remember liking it then. I don't remember much about it. There's the classic movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze, with the whole doing that pottery thing, very romantic. There's, okay, I was looking on Wikipedia to, you know, get some, uh, a little trivia for this movie, and... At the bottom, where it's like, see also list of ghost films, there's this part where it says, see also, and then a movie title called Kiss Me Goodbye. So I was, I'd never seen this movie before. I was looking it up, and apparently it's from 1982, and it looks basically like this movie, but possibly better. Then again, who knows? So I guess... <laughs> If you're in the market for a ghost movie, Kiss Me Goodbye is another one. Um, there's this one. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's part of my Robert Downey Jr. DVD collection. There's this one called Heart and Souls where it, it's like these four people die uh, in a bus crash and they all have unfinished business. And at the exact moment in time when that bus, <laughs> it's kind of stupid. At the exact moment in time when that bus crashed, uh, baby Robert Downey Jr., whatever his name is in the movie, is born. And he can see these four people, and as a kid, he thinks that, ooh, these are my imaginary friends. But as he grows up and becomes an adult, they need to enlist his help to take turns possessing him into doing their unfinished business. And it's very good. Oh, interesting. Okay. If you're still in the mood for any uh, spooky movies, we got a, a whole list there. Damn, Amy. That's pretty good. You know I love this subgenre, the, the spooky <laughs> romantic subgenre. Oh, yeah. Also, just a couple more points of trivia. Apparently, Owen Wilson is uncredited, but he was the guy on phone. That's what it says on IMDb. The guy on phone. The <laughs> guy on phone is his only... most famous film role to date. Cars who? We only know guy on phone. <laughs> Next Halloween, 
You know who I'm going to dress up as? Guy on phone, my favorite spooky character. There's also, and this is the last thing I'll say, when you go to IMDb and you look up this movie, it has photos, and usually these photos are like photos, um, stills from the movie, or like behind the scenes, or at like press events, and for no reason at all, <laughs> there's a photo of Corbin Blue <laughs> from High School Musical, <laughs> who isn't in this movie, <laughs> under the IMDb photos, so... That was, uh, they interesting. They just really liked Corbin Blue that they, they had to show his photos under this movie, huh? <laughs> yup, he's got nothing at all to do with the over her dead body. We just love to see Corbin Blue. Wow. Well, I'm so glad that's there. The people need to see his good face. I miss it. You know, ever since uh, High School Musical 3, I've missed... Corbin Blue, I wonder what he's up to these days. Been going through withdrawals, honestly. Oh yeah, it's been bad. <laughs> Corbin, come back. <laughs> Please. Now that we've kind of gone over our thoughts, let's see what the people of the internet have to think. We've got some IMDB and some letterbox reviews here. Which ones do you want to start with? Let's start with the quick uh, letterboxed reviews. Okay, so we've got three letterbox reviews for you today. The first review is by Cecily, who gave it two out of five stars, and they say, This would have been cooler if the psychic had fallen in love with the ghost. And I agree. Oh my god. But also, yes. the ghost was too annoying. <laughs> if they would gotten a less annoying ghost, that would have been so good. But they were both kind of man manipulative. They would have been maybe perfect for each other. And Paul Rudd could have gotten a, an actual relationship built on love and trust instead of on lies. Would have been good for everyone. Oh, this is so true. Much better movie. And then our second review is by Dario D'Souza, who also gave it a 2 out of 5. And they say, could have been a funny, touching story. Wasn't... <laughs> And the last review we have uh, from Letterboxd is by Rebecca, who gave it one and a half stars. And Rebecca says, you know, I've never seen Citizen Kane. Every time I choose a movie, I think to myself, the supposed greatest movie of all time awaits me. I could choose to watch something right now that might blow my mind and change my life forever. But I didn't. I rewatched Over Her Dead Body and had a great time. <laughs> That, that reminds me of you right there. I think you've... Amy is a, a film major, and uh, you've told me a, a number of times... You haven't seen Citizen Kane, right? No, I have not, uh, much to the displeasure of my teachers who have urged us all to watch it and even brought it into class, uh, to which I skipped out early. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad that we decided to instead watch this obviously much uh, more critically acclaimed movie over her dead body. Um, we don't want to watch no black and white movie here. No, this is the obviously superior choice, and I'm glad we made it. Ashley, what are the people of IMDb saying about this movie? We got three reviews here. The first one gave it a 1 out of 10. It's by user... Tatabi13. Their tagline says, 
Very boring, double exclamation mark. I didn't even bother finishing this movie because I was so bored, I thought I was going to pass out. I was watching it in the movie theaters and me and my friends got so tired, we just got up and left to go to another movie. If I ever have to sit through two minutes of that movie again, I think I'm going to shoot myself. And I do know the whole entire movie because my friend told me what happened at the end and I wasn't surprised at all. I mean, who didn't know she was going to do the right thing and let him be happy? I mean, for real. You would have had to be a complete idiot not to know that. I know I didn't miss anything, and if somebody asks me to see this movie, I would say, over my dead body. Wow. Ooh. Very fitting. The second review is by user Snoopy Style, who gave it a 5 out of 10, and their tagline is, Eva Longoria, too mean-spirited. Uh, Kate, who's Eva Longoria, is a bossy, annoying bride to Henry, who's Paul Rudd. On their wedding day, she gets crushed by an ice sculpture. It's one year later. Henry is <laughs> depressed. <laughs> is he depressed? No, he's depressed. <laughs> Kate is a ghost in limbo who doesn't know what to do. Henry's sister, Lindsay Sloan, forces him to go to a psychic, Ashley, who's Lake Bell. She gives Ashley Kate's diary so that Ashley can trick Henry to move on. Ashley does that and more. She falls for him. First, Eva Longoria is super annoying. I am not convinced that Paul Rudd and Longoria would ever make a viable couple. There is a real need to have Longoria show her love for Paul Rudd more than a few times at the start of the movie. He would probably be miserable as Longoria's whipping boy. Ugh. Yo, uh, just a quick uh, side note. I was, um, my brother's favorite Star Trek movie is First Contact, so I was rewatching it with him on his birthday. And I completely forgot how often people used the h sound for their W's back in, like, the, the 60s to 80s, because, oh my god, that entire movie was filled with, but whys? And, Wesley, come here! <laughs> Guess I know what oh, I'm no. not watching. <laughs> I was thinking of you the whole time. <laughs> back to the review. <laughs> Uh, while I like Paul Rudd and Lake Bell separately and together, they don't strike me as the pratfall type. This is especially true for Lake Bell. I think their best moments are the snappy dialogue. All the weird slapstick going on is just out of touch. Jason Biggs lighting his arm on fire is just strange. There is a need to make a decision on what kind of movie this is. Is it a Three Stooges slapstick or is it a sweet rom-com? It's just a little too odd. All of that is... So true. Like, the whole movie, uh, we see that Paul Rudd loves his ex-fiancé, his dead fiancé, but we never see that Eva Longoria loves Paul Rudd. Yeah, we just see her as this kind of overly obsessed, psychotic, <laughs> jealous girlfriend the whole time. But even when she's alive, I agree, it would have been nice to have seen them being a happy couple together. And... The last review is by Enlightened-Buff, who gave it a surprising 10 out of 10. And their tagline is, going to buy this on DVD for two reasons. One, Paul Rudd. <laughs> the guy is always funny, even when the script is lacking and this movie is no exception. His dialogue was witty, and it's just a shame the story could have been a whole lot better, but not on such a poor premise. I don't know how much more the writers could have done anyways. And number two... Lake Bell, who played Ashley. I have never heard of her before, since she was mostly a TV actress in the US, but her character was extremely likable, attractive, and funny. 
She showed she can make a good romantic comedy love interest, and she is not only good-looking, but she can actually live up to the comedy part of a rom-com, unlike most female leads who are just there to look good and can't actually act at all. I will be checking out her prior and future work to see if she has any dramatic merit as well, but it looks as though she could become a pretty big in Hollywood if she develops better taste in the movies that she picks. Also, Eva Longoria Parker was pretty horrible in this, but she had a thankless task with the character she was given. I don't think too many actresses could have done much more with the role. It was just badly written and completely unsympathetic. The acting basically saved what was a terrible script, premise, and movie in general. Like, Belle and Paul Rudd had good chemistry, and the movie had a good heart, and it was really funny in plenty of places, but most of those scenes involved Jason Biggs, <laughs> Paul Rudd, and, like, Belle playing off one another. Lingoria was the odd one out, and most scenes involving her were the worst ones in the movie, which sucks because she was kind of in a lot of the movie. Hang on. I gave this movie a 7, but they gave it a 10. Okay, well, <laughs> in the thing they say they give it a 7, but they actually gave it a 10. So I'm just going to assume they gave it a 7. I give this movie a 7 for the acting and the strong lead performances of Belle and Red, who had the script focus more on, instead of the dead girlfriend, could have made it even better. Maybe it should have been made as a comedy-slash-drama and focused on how Red gets over Longoria's death and Belle's journey to help him out. But as it is, it's not bad by any means and should make a good date movie or rental 7 out of 10 a little confusing but <laughs> with the ratings there but <laughs> completely agree with all of that and i think we mentioned this before but if you want to see a good movie a good romantic comedy with lake bell man up such a good movie it's got simon Pegg. it's so funny i think we've mentioned it on like three other episodes but it's it's such a good rom-com and just for reference IMDb gave this movie a 5.2 out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it 15%, and the audience gave it 42%. Not good either way. No. Um, now we're going to get into our own reviews of this movie. We rate all the movies that we watch on what we dub the Gold Bloom Scale, <laughs> which is a scale of bad movies. So a 10 out of 10 would be not that bad for a bad movie, and a 1 out of 10 is so bad. I could barely finish it. Amy, what did you think of this movie? It wasn't a bad movie. It was funny in some places. It was just the fact that the characters, aside from Paul Rudd's, were just so annoying and manipulative. And, like, I couldn't feel for any of them except maybe Lake Bell. But, you know, it wasn't their fault. It was the writing that was a little off. I'm going to give it, like, a 4.5. Because uh, all of that, that 4.5, that's just for Paul Red. What about you? Yeah, girl, I totally agree. It's it's not by any means an awful movie. It, like the last review said, honestly, it's fine for a date night or for a rental. If it comes on Netflix, give it a watch if you're interested. It wasn't amazing. Not the, not the best romance movie I've ever seen. I'm going to have to agree. I think I'm going to give it around a 4.5, maybe 5. I don't regret watching it, but yeah, a lot of the characters were really annoying. Yeah. Actually, I change, I don't change my rating. It's still a 4.5, but only four uh, of that is for Paul Rudd. And the 0.5 is, of course, for guy on phone, Owen Wilson. Oh, of course. My favorite character of any movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> 
So if any of you have seen uh, Over Her Dead Body and you have thoughts, or if you have other movies to recommend to us, maybe spooky movies, maybe ghost movies, whatever you like, we're on Letterboxd and Twitter, uh, both at BMS Podcast. And we have a Gmail where you can shoot us an email anytime. It's badmoviesundaypodcast at gmail.com. I'm Ashley. I'm Amy. We have been Bad Movie Sunday, and we'll see you next, next week.